Vox Pop, we believe that everyone has a story worth telling. This podcast exists to tell those stories. I'm Peter. And I'm Hannah. Here we are joined with Anthony Kirby. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing? Today's Sunday. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. Sunday recording. Have you ever done that? Have we ever done that? I've never done a, a Sunday recording. I don't think I've ever even done a weekend recording. <gasps> You're the first. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you get a plaque at the end. It's probably because of my baby. Yes. <laughs> It'd be hard to make it out late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so baby Miles, right? Baby Miles, yes. How old is baby Miles? Uh, he's 10 months. 10 when months. this comes out, he'll be 10 months. Perfect. So as a non-parent yet, that's leading. We're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I always do that. At small groups, I'll be like, hey, y'all, we have something to share with y'all. And uh-huh. like, because we're just the age <laughs> yeah, that we yeah, are, yeah. everyone's like... <gasps> Oh, oh my, my gosh. I'm like, you know, I, I was like, I was well. actually going to tell you my coccyx is broken. <laughs> <laughs> I have done stuff like that. though. <laughs> but before, before we started recording, we were talking about music. So mm-hmm. the question is, what have you been listening to lately? And is there a difference between what you listen to privately versus what you listen to publicly? Yes. So you want my answer first? Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, lately... I've been on a nostalgia kind of kick and listening to, I'm sure you're familiar, Peter, uh, Tooth and Nail bands. Yeah. I don't know about What's you. What's up with that? I, I don't know you as well as I know Peter. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what Tooth and Nail band means. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> There's a record label that started in the early 90s. Hey. Uh, yeah. It's alternative Christian music. And they had a sister label, Solid State Records, and all these other sister labels. Mm. Uh, I think mainly because this Facebook group that I'm on. Yeah. That, Talks about all that stuff. So I've gotten out all my CDs and listening to Bleach on the way over here. You know Bleach? I don't. Um, I should. Yeah. Are yeah. they, a, it sounds like Christian ska. Not ska. No, not ska. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I'd say they're in the same world as Fire and Frenzy, which okay. you like. And yeah. Yeah, I saw them on tour with Reliant K once. And oh, nice. Yeah. I like Reliant K. Oh, and as far as um, public listening and private listening, oh, yeah. yeah. Especially... Some of my tastes go more extreme, like yeah. metal and mm. yeah. heavy stuff. So what should our listeners listen to if they want to get a taste of some really good metal? Good metal? Yeah. According to me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're the expert right now. <laughs> There's this band I really like called Azusa. Two of their members used to be in a Christian metal band called Extol. Okay. Uh, which is a tooth and nail band. Yeah. And uh, they've got a girl screamer, which is a little yeah. out of the ordinary. Yeah. But just weird time signatures, weird chord progressions. Uh-huh. I really like it. Yeah. Interesting. Metal is extremely technical music, isn't it? It can be, certainly. Yeah. It's hard to yell for a sustained amount of time and be like, sound good and your voice not break. You've tried it? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is all picking that from Mark. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he could... You can get into metal sometimes. Yeah. What is your uh, public listening music? What if you have the windows down? Uh like indie rock kind of stuff. Yeah. I can get down with some Vampire Weekend mm-hmm. or Oh yeah. Arcade mm-hmm. Fire things like that. Mm-hmm. Me too. And now 
Does your wife like that stuff too? The public listening stuff? Yeah, the public. Okay. The private, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. And private a lot of times has to mean me by myself. Well, sure. (laughs) I'm not going (laughs) to make her listen to the metal. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What about you, Hannah? Public and private? Mm -hmm. Mm, I don't think they're different. I'm pretty basic. Yeah. I'm not into music. At all? I don't know. I don't care. I like, I'll listen to music, but it's quiet a lot in my car. Really? Because mm -hmm, I don't get quiet. Or if something's on, it's a podcast a lot of the time. Yeah. Or a book. But I don't really care. I I won't listen to some of that stuff, like the screaming. (laughs) Mark really likes, like, me me without you. you. He does? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever heard a listener, either of y'all? Oh, yeah. What? Oh my gosh, my mind is blown. So, me without you was the tooth and nail band. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh. that's part of my, my musical world. Yeah. So yeah, so he really likes listener, and I, I would rather eat my toenails than listen. Oh, to that. I like listener as well, and me without you. What? Me without you is very uh, influential in, in my oh, life yeah. for a lot of years. That's so funny. Same. Cool. Okay. Well, so Anthony, how long have you been part of Missio? Um, about the whole time. Um, so I guess I was kind of on and off at first. I knew a guy who used to come here who, I guess he knew Ryan from his ministry, the Crux ministry thing, mm-hmm. I believe. And he invited me. Miss you did a, a meeting at the Atlanta Bread Company, which has now gone on Merriman Avenue to yeah. like make themselves public, I think. And I was mm-hmm. at that. I came a little on and off at first and then, yeah, started coming regularly. What stage of life was that for you? So that was 13 years ago? Yeah. Because I was 21. I had long hair at the time. I'll yeah. show pictures. What? Yeah. I need to see this. <laughs> we should put that as like the, oh, yes. the image for the <laughs> That'd document. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. I was in uh, some crazy band that Hannah, you wouldn't like, and Peter, you might potentially like. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in school at the time? No. Living with my parents, older than I mm-hmm. should be. <laughs> Living yeah. with my parents, but. Uh, 21's not that old to live with your parents. Yeah, but I, I lived there for a couple more years. That's so. okay. Yeah. No shame in that game. <laughs> uh, I, I guess. That's a good way to go into being in the Salvation Army. So I grew up going to the Salvation Army Church. I was born in it. My dad went. His dad went. His dad went as well. Man, that's like steep tradition. Right. <laughs> so that is in Asheville. That's where you you yes. grew up in Asheville. Is it this right. one right here? Yeah, yeah, across oh, the street. Yeah, yeah, okay. So a lot of people don't know the Salvation Army is a church. They're a lot more familiar with the social work that mm-hmm. the Salvation Army does. But the founder was William Booth. He founded it in 1865. Yeah, they kind of, well, I had some Sunday school teachers that like went over. Like, Into the history of it. Yeah, history, yeah. yeah. And I remember that. I guess William Booth was seeing a need that was not being met. The church was preaching the gospel, but not like living it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I think great origins of the Salvation Army. I went, you know, un- until I started coming to Missio. Yeah. Uh, basically. Yeah. Uh, Salvation Army was founded by a Methodist pastor. So it a lot of it is like Methodist kind of doctrine and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Methodists move, I guess some of them anyway, move the pastors around a lot. Salvation Army yeah. definitely does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pastor that we had when I was in high school, I think they were there for a, like two years. They started spreading rumors and stuff around the church and just like. The pastor? Yeah, and his wife. What? They were um, just trying to stir things up. Yeah. Uh, mm. I, I don't know why. So, you know, at that point, I, I could kind of make my mind up for myself. And that turned me off, like, quite a bit to church. I still mm. went 
Mm-hmm. So the next set of pastors that we had, I perceived in my mind that he was kind of arrogant and turned me off a little further. Yeah. So I think at the time I was I, I was working at Sears. Sometimes they, they made me work on the weekends, and yeah. I just like didn't care as much if I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But around that time is when I I met uh, my buddy who knew Brian. Oh. and got connected. So there there was like just kind of a brief period where I felt like I was maybe a little lost. Yeah. And thankfully it was fairly brief when I came to miss you. So is the uh, Salvation Army Church, is it true to when it was founded? Or what? what's the, I just don't know anything about, I've, I mean, I'm one of those people who never knew it was a church. I'm not sure I understand your question. Well, like, what, is it is it true to, like, we are preaching the gospel, but we're not living it out? Or what are their beliefs and their theology, I guess? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I, I don't think it's anything crazy yeah. or heretical. Yeah, so it's pretty, like... Right, but th- th- there are some weird practices, like uh, wearing the uniform. You've probably seen pictures of the Salvation Army wearing that almost army-looking uniform. Mm-hmm. And like terminology, like pastors are different ranks. Yeah, gotcha. Captain, major, that kind of thing. And huh. yeah, they, they go kind of crazy with the the, the army the army metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> Who wears the uniform? Like uh, members are called soldiers, and the soldiers wear the uniform. Oh, like, okay. It's not maybe necessarily required, but it's heavily encouraged to wear your uniform. <laughs> yeah. I think the criticism that many churches are preaching the gospel but not living it. Mm-hmm think is valid oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. in a lot of places and at Missio we're, we're really trying to both preach the gospel well and also live it out mm-hmm. um, but it is a, it's a really hard thing to do corporately and I have admired mm-hmm. that from afar from the distance that I have from on the Salvation Army Church but this like they seem to have this corporate like whole congregational service from the outside they seem to have that dialed or they're doing it in in good ways right um i feel like from my perspective it was kind of like oh the church is doing it it's fine i'm a part of that oh yeah i don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to do much yeah okay but uh, that's my perspective they have a lot of irons in the fire though i mean you know like the fire if you will <laughs> uh i mean because they do have the social justice stuff right no yeah, like i know they do housing like homeless there's the thrift shop that I think benefits yeah. people. Uh, disaster relief is a big thing. Yeah, Camp, they do camps. Camps. So how did your parents feel when you came to miss you? Because they... Yeah, they're still there. Okay. And a lot of those people at, at the church, like they, they still feel like family to me. Yeah. My, my parents, I, I don't remember. seems like they were fine with it. I got no backlash from them. Yeah. They, they visit Missio occasionally, mm-hmm. like Christmas Eve service or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Let's go a little bit further back. Uh, can you tell us about your family? Like, do you have brothers and sisters? What kind of kid were you? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. One older sister. Y'all know her, mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> she plays the euphonium, not a French horn, which a lot of people think it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just the one sister, mom and dad. I guess you could say I was a, a good kid. Mm-hmm. I was pretty obedient and... No, just a goofy kid. <laughs> Did you go to public school? Oh yeah. Where'd you go? Irwin. Irwin. Irwin High School. Irwin High. It's right by my house. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Was what, your what? family very musical? Yeah. So yeah, my sister plays the euphonium, which is like 
a little bit bigger than a baritone. Yeah. So that's one thing about Salvation Army. They've got the brass band. I think sometimes they try to make it a little more modern, but the, the mm-hmm. brass band for the worship. Yeah, so my sister, there was a guy who came to the Salvation Army that kind of gave private lessons before like he rehearsed the whole band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she picked up the, the horn there. And my dad at, I think he was in his mid-30s, he picked up the horn too, I think maybe to that kind of cool. encourage her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my sister was taking piano lessons at the same time. So I was also interested in playing the baritone as well because, you know, that's what my family did. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't practice and I hated it. And mm. I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. And then we we actually had a friend um, that went to the Salvation Army who was in the marching band. So we went to, like, see him and support him. And I saw the drums. I was like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the me. one. That's the ticket. <laughs> Yep. So your parents encouraged it. Because I feel like yeah. if my kid was like, I want to play drums, I'd be like, yeah, next instrument, <laughs> next one. My mom was great. She would, I would be like, can I play my drums? She'd be like, sure. And she'd go in her room, close the door, turn up the volume on the TV, and then I would play. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah. There you go. When did Jesus become a deeper part of your story? Like I said, I grew up in the church. So I think I worked on the assumption that I was already in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the gospel being important to me. Not going to blame the Salvation Army or anything. I, I don't remember at that time. But uh, coming to Missio, hearing it every week, hearing some of the prayers. I remember people pr- praying prayers that were just seemed really honest. Like, mm. God, I'm not feeling this right now, but would you please move? And mm-hmm. just like, wow, you can say that to God. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it still feels like a dimmer switch to me because it doesn't seem like it was – just clicked one day. Mm-hmm. It just felt like a deeper understanding once mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. hearing the gospel more and more. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked about that a lot. <laughs> yeah, three dimmer switchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it always like freaked me out when people could tell the day and the hour and oh, all yeah. the stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saved. <laughs> it's interesting. So hearing people, I think especially Brian, talk about the dimmer switch, it's like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the Lord uses those instant convicting, like transformative, you are saved, like mm-hmm. in that instant. Like I totally believe the Lord uses that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, and to great effect. Like I think that's really powerful. Uh, but I also think it is maybe more common for people to kind of feel like the Lord's been pursuing them for a long time and it, it like just takes a long time to kind of realize it. Oh, yeah. Well, we when we worked in ministry, they, the average person has to hear the gospel 16 times before they actually, like, hear it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think that can take off some stress or, you know, when you're, like, trying to tell someone about Jesus, you know, and mm-hmm. they've never heard it or they've heard it a couple of times. You're like, oh, well, I might be one of the 16. That's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting you closer. <laughs> yeah. Or just... Life circumstance dictates mm. a lot. I think for, for me, and maybe y'all can relate to this as fellow dimmer switch people, <laughs> but it wasn't really until I faced sin that I couldn't fix on my own that, like, I really felt the need. You know, I always felt mm. like, like, I'm a good kid. Why do I really need saving? You know, I, like, I mm. I heard the gospel, and I could tell you the gospel, but I didn't feel it mm. because I didn't feel broken enough. Hmm. <laughs> And I think sometimes there's sort of the severe mercy of like the Lord bringing people to a place where they're like, oh, like I need saving. 
Yeah, those reformed pastors will do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> when you think about your life, are there any transformative moments? Well, this will be a good segue into talking about marriage and stuff. Oh, uh, so the girl I dated before I dated and eventually married, Jules, uh, <laughs> it was a tough breakup for me. Mm-hmm. I was bitter for the better part of two years, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I was in my late 20s, and, you know, it's like, once I hit 30, what am I going to do? <laughs> right. It's over. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It it's not true, it's but not. it feels that way. Right. Like, once you hit 30, I got married really young, so this is a yeah. genuine question. Yeah. It feels like society tells you once you hit 30, it's over. Mm. Like, the search, you can't find someone? Well, I think I'll let you talk, but it feels like everybody you know is getting married, and it, it can feel... I'm very grateful for my for my singleness in retrospect. I'm sure. so grateful for being an adult for a long time and single. But it, it can feel like the world is passing you by, even mm. though it's not true. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. I would agree with that. And you're saying that you're grateful for your singleness in retrospect? Yeah. <laughs> very. I needed some time to marinate and mature a little bit. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I probably still need some time, but yeah. God's <laughs> gracious. Chosen to... <laughs> mature you through marriage yeah. at this stage. Yeah. But yeah, so there was that going on. How long had y'all been dating bef- the woman before Jules? I think it was about like nine months or something like okay. that. Yeah. I was like, hell, uh, when sh- she broke it off, like, uh, yeah, a lot of bitterness came in. And at first, bitterness was kind of fun almost. <laughs> like yeah, funny. cathartic in some way. Yeah. 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 And then it kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could see how destructive it was. Mm. And by the end of it, I was like, God, like, I don't want to be bitter anymore. Just take this away. And he took his time about it, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for, too, because mm-hmm. I had much more to learn. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, by the, by the time I was ready to date or pursue somebody again, I think I was in a much better place and wasn't holding on to that idol of marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as tightly. I'm not going to say that I've got it all figured out right now, but yeah. And then how much later after that did you meet Jules? Like at the end of my bitterness, it seems like it was pretty quickly, <laughs> but I mean between, uh, yeah, between the two, uh, that two year period, I believe. Okay. Yeah, that seems right. And then Jules, I met at, she was coming to, so I was working later, so I was missing community group, but she started coming to the community group that, that I was a part of, and there was a Super Bowl party, or I, mean, I think that was the Oscar party, uh, mm. the Maroons, if anybody knows mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, I met her there, I believe, and then I was able to start coming back to community group after that. We met, saw that she had a good sense of humor mm. uh, and can put up with me, <laughs> which is important because I'm a, a lot to handle. <laughs> uh with my thinking that I'm funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the last relationship made me realize I needed to be more assertive and be like, this is where I'm at. Are you there? Mm. Yeah. If not, I need to go look somewhere, somewhere else. So I was prepared at, at this time to have tough conversations at every level, like taking on, her, well, no tough conversation there, but taking on her day, uh, asking her to be my exclusive girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. I was ready to be like, nope, got to cut this off for mm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but every time she was on board, so <laughs> cool, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did y'all date? Um, I'm sure she could t- 
tell you the exact days and what she was wearing and everything, but it seems like maybe four or five months we dated before we got engaged. Oh, wow. Okay, so you were pretty quick about it. Yeah. And then how long were you engaged? I mean, was it like a, a full year, not a full year? No, we okay. got engaged on my birthday, December 31st, if anyone's looking to buy me a present. Mm-hmm. Um, and right, we got married fine. May 7th. So, Where'd y'all get married? Uh, Homewood, which is on off of Montford Avenue. Okay. Looks like a castle, kind of. Oh, cool. When did you know you wanted to marry Jules? Um, maybe in October before we got engaged. I was like, I want to know by the end of the year mm. whether I'm going to jump yeah. into this or not. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know what clicked, what maybe say that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her, but... I just knew. Yeah. What do you admire most about Jules? I've, I've been thinking about this because I've listened to the other <laughs> podcasts. Like, how do I pick the one thing? Because I like <laughs> you can pick multiple, right? Um, but I, I think this is a good way of picking multiple by saying I think she's a good friend, mm-hmm. which encompasses so mm-hmm. much. Because, like I said, she's got a good sense of humor. She's funny. She's I like hanging out with her. She's she's a good listener. I think she gives good advice. That's cool. We can t- loop the Enneagram thing in here too. Like sure. you're an Enneagram nine. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners, what does that mean? Nine means peacemaker on the positive side of it. It can also mean a uh, procrastinator. Yeah. <laughs> is security part of that? Like wanting I, comfort and security is that? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I can't speak for all the nines out there, but yeah, <laughs> I just wanting peace, wanting no conflict. No ripples in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jules is a nine too, right? Jules is a nine as well. So try to imagine uh, going out to eat with us and <laughs> picking a place. <laughs> wow. How does that work? Um, or it doesn't. You just end up eating at home. <laughs> we, we start a week before we're going to go out to eat. <laughs> we seriously do start like a couple days before thinking about where we should go. Mm. And then one of us will timidly be like, what do you think about this place? Like, oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but I do have an eight wing, and it can mm. be strong in, in some places. Eight is the challenger. That's exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way that plays out for me, a peacemaker and a challenger, I'll be the first one to tell you that your favorite band is garbage, but I'll be shy about where we want to go out to eat. <laughs> I can respect that. <laughs> what do you think is a misunderstood thing about nines? Mm, uh, just because we don't speak up uh, doesn't mean we don't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. We just have a hard time articulating it, mm-hmm. and we don't want to offend you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Has that been hard in this time of extreme division in our country? Like, it feels like everybody has an opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, that's one way I can fill the tension between the primary nine number and the wing eight. Mm. It's like, oh, these people really need to know the truth. <laughs> Somebody else should probably tell them, not me. <laughs> yeah. So Miles is 10 months old. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has fatherhood been like and what has it taught you? I mean, you can't prepare for what fatherhood <laughs> is. I've got, I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews, but... Four nieces that are close around here that I've been around a lot. And I like kids and I like being around them, but that does not prepare you for 24-7 
being around a kid. So yeah, it's been more intense than I ever expected. I think Jules and I had in mind, like, oh yeah, we'll just take him everywhere, and you know, mm-hmm. he'll be on our schedule. <laughs> We're definitely on his schedule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's it's a blast too. Like any time, you know, just the normal developing human starts walking, and what? Not that he's walking yet, but any little mm-hmm. thing he does, I'm just so proud. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's a dad dad. Yeah, dad dad all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a blast. And it's hard. And what has it taught you? I don't know. I feel like I'm still in the process of well, what that is. I, it's hard to ask me in the moment. Yeah. If you ask me like two years from now, I'll probably have like a better answer. For sure. I mean, patience is probably an obvious one. Um, probably show me how selfish I am too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I th- a- yeah, sorry. It, I mean, I think that proudness for me, it's, it's taught me a lot about like how Christ sees me, you know, like there's probably nothing miles do that. You're like, I don't want you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing he could do to make you want him more, you know? And you see that reflection so clearly when you have a child of, Oh, <laughs> like there's nothing I can do. And you just said Dada at a ball and I am like incredibly proud of you, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think sometimes the Lord is like, you're walking in a way that doesn't look like straight up sinful nature. (laughs) So there's pride there. Mm -hmm. We'll say, you know, we got married. I was 31. So I've spent, you know, still at this point, the majority of my life single. I don't feel like I'm that far removed away from being single Mm -hmm. and eating uh, hot pockets and pizza rolls for dinner. Um, So I I think that shows me how selfish I am. My thoughts, I'm Mm -hmm. not thinking about, being, you know, Christ to my wife or to my kid, thinking about, you know, the things that I want. Oh yeah, in my free time. Mm-hmm. I wonder. We're all pretty young. Mm-hmm. We're all in our thirties. I wonder if we will be able to look back and say that we're just going to keep learning that. Like, even if we steadily become less selfish, I I suspect that I'll be learning how selfish I am for the next fifty years. You know, God willing, I live that long, but yeah, I've seen my selfishness morph too with my kids. <laughs> like yeah. at first, you know, you're super selfish for sleep. Uh-huh. You're like, oh my gosh, stop crying. I want to sleep. <laughs> and now I'm super selfish to sit down. Like, cause yeah. Anders is so on the move and so is Theo. He's a little bit more self-sufficient, but I'm like, I just <laughs> want to sit down, you know? And so you, it, you trade, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get, you get your sleep back. So that selfishness goes away and yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I'm easily adapt to the next thing. I feel like so now that I'm comfortable getting more sleep. Yeah. You, you want <laughs> that one piece more. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like, why couldn't you have slept until seven instead of six thirty? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Hey, you slept through the night. Well, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> but you know, like four months ago or I don't know how, when he started sleeping through the night. But, you know, you would have been like, if I could sleep till 630 yeah. <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, ah, <laughs> you should have slept till seven. Mm-hmm. Can we ask what you do for a living? Sure. I drive for mountain mobility. I take um, elderly and disabled people to their doctor's appointments and the grocery store and things like that. Um, in my, my van. How long have you been doing that for? For six years, almost. Wow. What's... Yeah. Sorry, keep going. Do you come to know the 
the people that you're driving around pretty well? Yeah. Uh, I feel like, well, since the coronavirus, it's different, but usually I have about a third of my passengers. I feel like are like pretty regularly uh, that, that I'm picking them up. And a few of them are random, but yeah, I, I see some of them very often and I consider a lot of them my friends. Really like those people. And I think it's been great for me to put a face on disabled people, mm-hmm. which not that I was like, ooh, yuck, <laughs> disabled people before, but I don't know, makes them so more, so much more human, totally. which I think is a double-edged mm-hmm. sword for me because it's like, cool, I like these people. But also if they're taking their time, it's like, come on, hurry up. It's like, <laughs> right, they right. can't hurry up. <laughs> I didn't know you did that. No, I do that. Yeah. What do you like about it the most? Well, the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I don't know, there's a guy who has a, a magic shop that I take him to work. He's in a wheelchair. A and magic shop in Nashville? Uh, yeah, it's in Woodfin. Yeah, it's by uh, Taqueria Fast. Yeah. The best taco place in Nashville. I've never been there. You should, have to go. Well, you, you should, should go to the magic shop and then stop at the Taqueria. Right. Yeah, that guy is like super cool. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like kind of a celebrity around. A lot of people know who he is, but like knowing that guy and, you know, just people that I would never make friends with. Mm. Yeah. It's been cool. really good for me. And I, I guess our service is good for them too. So. Awesome. This is a little bit deeper, but. Who would you say are the most influential people in your life? I mean, I I definitely could say my parents. Mm-hmm. My parents are both very generous uh, with their time. Like my mom watches my son while both of us are at work, and she enjoys it. I thank her, and she's like, oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, like, that generosity, I think, is – I hope it's a good influence on me. I don't know that I'm that generous. And my I feel like my dad, he's he's not afraid to go against the grain. I believe he's an eight, too. He hasn't tested, but um, I I appreciate that about him, and I think that's maybe where the eight wing comes from. He's not afraid to stand up for what he thinks is right, and, and like like I said, going against the grain, mm-hmm. like Innocent Smith, G.K. Chesterton, like we were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. but I don't have to take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read it. It's a weird reference. Yep, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> it's a really old book. <laughs> this question almost needs a drum roll, a drum roll. So if you're at home, give a little drum roll. What's your most controversial opinion about something mi- mundane? I cannot wait to hear this. I mean, th- this isn't like too crazy. I don't think I love the question, but saying bless you when someone sneezes, I think it's kind of dumb mm. and completely unnecessary. I like, you know, I've grown up saying bless you when people sneeze mm. and it's like, I've willed myself not to say it kind of just a knee jerk and i've tried what do, you, what do you say now nothing i don't say anything you deserve that it's <laughs> <laughs> it's a sneeze like i i understand there's a couple stories about why people say it but it doesn't do anything so what story have you heard oh, like like the bubonic plague when people started sneezing that meant they were gonna die and also oh. yeah. i've heard that your heart stops when you sneeze and that's oh. what people say it and I'm, I'm no doctor but i don't think that's true yeah and also not being a doctor I don't see people fall over when they don't get blessed when they sneeze. Right. So I yeah. just think it's a dumb thing to say. <laughs> That's so funny. I have a sister who gets very offended if you don't say it. Hmm. Very offended. Why? She thinks it's super rude. I don't know. See, it, I, like now that you bring it up, I'm like, yeah, that is kind of dumb. <laughs> That's. I think it's it nice. I, I get how it's controversial because I think you're saying, hey, I recognize you might be sick. <laughs> Bless you. 
or I hope you, you get better. Annoyed by dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bothered by dust. Yeah. I think it's like you said, your sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's rude. Yeah. It's just a. Yeah. Uh, culture. It sure. Very yeah. cultural. It's a. The majority of people that say bless you, and I would count myself among them. When I say bless you, I am saying it to them. And I'm not. I'm not like literally praying for them. Yeah. I'm not being like, <laughs> bless you. Mm. Hey, listen, if, if you want to bless me, sure, go ahead. But Do it. Do it with a $5 bill instead. <laughs> <laughs> but mean it. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be when I sneeze. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Bless Do you. you. Any- <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any others? Uh, or is that just the one that you were thinking I, of? I feel like most of my opinions are just like, I think this thing's dumb, this thing's dumb. Like yeah. pop music. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> that new Taylor Swift album. Dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to it? Uh, I listened to one song. So it ties in with the indie rock world. Yeah. There's this band called The National. Are you familiar yeah. with them? Yeah. So one of the guys from The National produced uh, the Taylor Swift album. Yeah. Which is a song with, uh, I don't know if it's just Justin Vernon from Bonavere or the Bonavere band. So it's supposed to be like cool and appeal to mm-hmm. hipsters. And mm-hmm. I heard one song. I was like. Mm. Did you hear that one song with Bonavere? Yeah. You didn't like it? It just sounds like a sad song. Like I, <laughs> I don't need sad music in my life. Yeah, mm. the world's sad right now. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to have music that kind of reflects how you're feeling. Yeah, I, I get the cathartic yeah. thing, but I, I've listened to a lot of sad music in my time, and I think I moved on to things that are not necessarily happy, but I like stream of conscious like yeah. type lyrics. Listener. Yeah. Listener. I, I don't. I don't really know that much <laughs> listener, but I probably would enjoy the lyrics. This is going to be a radical change of pace, but okay. uh, how do you think that God uses your specific weaknesses? I have thought about this one because I remember it from the other mm-hmm. <laughs> episodes. Um, I'm not sure exactly how you intend the question, but I'm going to interpret it my way. Um, as someone who seeks comfort, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. God likes to show me how little I trust him. So he uses like my weakness to show me, hey, being anxious about things. Yeah. Mm. He sh- he's showing me like that I need to know him more and to trust him more. Yeah. Mm. I think that's an excellent response. Me too. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I like the idea of people interpreting the questions their own way instead of asking, what do you mean? You, yeah. just, you just answer, man. Mm-hmm. I think you answered exactly how I intended. That's great. Cool. Okay. Let's move into a little thing called the lightning okay. round. Uh, Lake or ocean? Ocean. Why? Because it's cooler than all. I don't know. I like the beach. Okay. I I mean, I wouldn't want to live there, but if I'm going to go make a trip, let's go to the beach. Mm. What was your favorite subject in school? Lunch. I don't know what it was in school. If I was in school now, it might be like history or English or something. Yeah. Not like grammar, but like yeah, yeah. reading stuff. Yes. Literature. Did you panic buying toilet paper? No. I panicked when there was none there when we <laughs> needed it. Yeah. Of course, yeah. with my job, I if I need to take a little break, I can stop at the grocery store and mm, look mm-hmm, around and see mm-hmm. if there's any toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. So that was nice. Mm-hmm. But I, no, I did not hoard toilet paper. What was your uh, worst car ever? Worst car ever. 
a Mercedes-Benz, a 1968 Mercedes-Benz. Was it diesel? Uh, no, it was not. Okay. So yeah, with, I think we bought it through the Salvation Army. Yeah. Tying it all back together. Yes. Uh, or my, my dad bought it for me. And I forget what was happening with it, but it just kept breaking down. It was not reliable. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think I was going to band practice, some little band that I had. And the, the car broke down and we walked like a couple miles to get to the practice space. Like wait on my dad to come help me out. <laughs> <laughs> when making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, do you put peanut butter or jelly on first? Peanut butter first. Get the... Uh, squeeze jelly tube so no knife on jelly yeah oh so it's a practical reason not a superstitious reason superstitious what's the superstition i, I don't know oh, I, was like. I say bless you too though sandwich <laughs> when i make it <laughs> i'm curious your favorite Asheville restaurant um i would go with sunny point it's hard for me to pick a favorite anything but i love sunny point that breakfast burrito. That's your next question, right? Uh-huh. Breakfast burrito is so good. Wow. Okay. Once, you know, they closed down for the pandemic and yeah. once they opened back up, I don't know if they were serving the breakfast burrito immediately, but once they started serving, I was like, we got to go <laughs> get one of those. <laughs> That's interesting. Most people would choose the way by French Harris. Right. Do you like that? Um, I don't know that I've had it actually. OMG. Just the breakfast burrito is so good. I, I get that. Care. What? It's a guaranteed home run. If you know what you like, why, why go with why, a yeah. potential base Downfall. Hit? <laughs> As a nine, why would I pick something and be uncomfortable? <laughs> uh, so you can cut this out, but I don't like Sunny Point, except for the waiters. You can I don't get out of here. It's good. You can get out of here right None now. None of their other food to me. Can you good. edit go everything home. she says out? <laughs> <laughs> Have you had other food than their waiters from Cheers? Yes. And you like it? Yeah, I had like a sweet potato pancake or something with pecans. Yeah. It's great. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Dude, I don't I, I don't understand the hype, but I also tend to stray away from hyped stuff. Mm-hmm. I have I a hard that. time with it. So. Well, th- thanks, Anthony. Thanks for joining us today. I'm sure people love to hear more of your story. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email voxpop at mdcashville.org. That's xpop.mdcashville.org Thanks for listening.